Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Carnival Row. Today we'll be covering the fourth and fifth episodes from Amazon's Prime TV series titled The Joining of Unlike Things and Grieve No More. So awesome to get back into the show. This the show is really, um, I think the story is tightening up a lot more. I'm seeing some improvement a little bit storyline are it's, you feeling the same it's starting to the the episode five, four got me a little bit more invested mm-hmm. episode five they're adding a bunch more stories in so it's it's they are just just a they lot are. of like a lot of stuff going on which it's all good it keeps me entertained for sure but again i feel like there's just a little bit too much going on but i'm still invested <sighs> in it I know. I feel like I need a spreadsheet to keep track of these things. I feel like I'm looking at spreadsheets all day long from work. Why not add another one <laughs> to keep uh, track of all these storylines and characters? Well, there's at least seven or eight that I can think of off the top of my head. And they, like I said, they just add the the new uh, political girl coming in where she's taking over for her dad. Like we just got <sighs> yeah. that story. And then we have this whole other puck, like religion thing going on that they kind of been like teasing like two or three scenes. Yeah. And- it's, uh, it's there's a lot. It's spreading its wings. We're they're going to start branching out so much. We're not going to have enough time to wrap all this up. I mean, you know, there's it's only an eight episode series. So, um, well, I'm I'm excited to talk about it, and and I hope um, it's coming across as I'm talking. I feel like the last time that we recorded, we had a week break because we had some work stuff that come up um, that we were unable to meet and record. Um, and I feel like the last episode that we recorded, I feel like I was so like sleep deprived. I needed some freaking smelling salts, um, that episode to wake my ass up because, um, that was, that was really sad. And I apologize to everyone that <laughs> tired I was. But anyway, I'm feeling a lot better. I feel like we've gotten a little bit more sleep. Um, ready to really jump into this, um, our top five for these two episodes. With that being said, I'll go ahead and start off because I'm just going to keep talking. Um, I'm in a talking mood today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this Dark Asher because we kind of start off there in episode four. I mean, we just get straight to it, right? They this poor fella, I'm going to call him, I guess he's like a headmaster um, of like a school, but it's like an orphanage. Um, yeah, it was the, gets, the light of the martyr. It's like a yeah. kind of a orphanage religion, which if you saw their martyr thing, like I thought it was a dead was body it? hanging at first. I did too. I was like, holy crap, what kind of orphanage just has a, a, a person dead hanging from their hallway? That just looks, it looked lifelike oh, to it me. Did, yeah. and it, it really threw me. I thought, what? That's terrible. There's children around. Yeah, it's like the kid's um, like, can I use the loo? It's like, do you want to use the loo? That's what happened to the last person that asked to use the loo. Exactly. That, that was creeping me out. It took me um, a, a little bit to kind of catch on like, oh, it's like a statue, but it just, it's still um, very macabre. Cobb um, to have hanging up in the walls of an orphanage, but I, I haven't done a lot of research on the religions of this show or anything, so um, I probably need to do that. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Um, so this poor headmaster um, is brutally attacked and murdered, uh, very much like um, Ashling was um, in a previous episode. Um, butchered, his liver was taken. They immediately, I thought it was really interesting, as they're you know outside that window. Uh, where it had escaped and fled, 
you know, they're out there tracking those footprints and, you know, they say, oh, there's a, a that's a hoof print. And then Phyla says, well, that one looks more like a tro. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, how can it have, you know, like, that's weird. How, why, why or how would it have two different types of footprints? So I certainly, like I said, maybe I was a little tired whenever I was watching it. It certainly did not. I didn't know what to think at that point. I in no way thought, oh, this is like a Frankenstein yeah, oh, type me too, yeah. creature, right? Were you thinking that at all? No, I mean, it, I didn't. I mean, assuming like when he saw it, like either it was like a pack of something or maybe it was just some kind of monstrosity or maybe like a, you know, I've been watching a shit ton of Scooby Doo with the kids. So <laughs> like some kind of like fake monster type thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Pull the I, mask off. But oh, I it's do. You, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Uh, but I do like that when you know you you instantly get to see the monster in this episode too. Like they don't continue to lead you on because that's one of the other little complaints I feel like with the show is that we mm-hmm. haven't really gotten exposed. Like the first episode is like, okay, well, is this going to be like this procedural thing? Because the guy that was like supposed to be the bad guy I thought would be the bad guy for the whole episode is now dead, or for the season is not dead. So you know what what's what's our let's our end game for this. So they right. really didn't like bury the lead. They're like, here's your monster right now. I mean, you're about halfway through this season. Here's the big bad. And even yeah. then, we got some great backstory from it. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't have too many like kinky fetishes, but one of them <laughs> is not getting a handy from a, a you know scary <laughs> witch lady. I'm assuming that's what she did. Uh, um, I, I, we didn't quite get the full detail of how she was able to acquire. Uh, Philo's seed necessary for whatever spell <laughs> or whatever needed to happen to create this thing. But um, I feel like he didn't quite consent to it. I was a little concerned uh, uh, for that. But um, yeah, I didn't need the details either. But um, yeah, it's yeah, awkward that was, when that like, was an interesting. I guess it'd be like they call it beer goggles. I guess it'd be like whatever she blew <laughs> in his face goggles. Because he's seeing, you know, like. <laughs> who he's actually wanting to see and then you see the, like the creepy dark dead hand like going up his leg you're like oh yeah that's probably the driest one he's ever had that's yeah beer goggles when the the three all of a sudden becomes like a seven or an eight like oh yeah. no. you were you're not so bad after all <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um but yeah, we get we get straight to it. He tracks it and finds it. Now it's still you don't get quite a clear picture of it. We still don't quite get to see what this thing is really made of, but it had a pretty good form to it. And man, were you getting like a demogorgon vibe from it just a little bit like the sound of it? It sounded like a demogorgon uh, to a me. A little bit. Um I was just kind of seeing like a I don't really know what I was seeing. I think it was more kind of like a werewolf like there's a, a video or not a video game. It's a it's a role playing game I've been playing on a tabletop, and there's this like bug creature, and it mm-hmm. kind of looks like that. Like it, it reminds me of more like a big bug creature. Yeah, it was. I mean, even just in the shadows, it was creepy as hell. But it, to me, it sounded kind of like when Philo is confronting it. It it and it it's like making it's like re- you know raising its arms up and. It sounded like a demogorgon to me. I mean, it didn't, I don't think, look like one so much from the profile, but it sounded to me, I was like, I'm getting total demogorgon vibes here. It's all I could think about. So I just kind of made a note of that. Um, kind of talked a little bit about the the hair specs uh, or hairs. I don't know that I'm pronouncing that right. I told you I'm going to butcher every single name or character um, throughout this whole series, and it doesn't end here. Um, how she just basically um, 
how she uh, got his seed to create this dark asher for him. Um, I Isn't there an easier way? Can he just not go into another room like when you're at a sperm bank or infertility thing and just like go into a room and just say, oh, sure, I can go provide that for you. Yeah. Well, I feel and, like you can just ask for it. And plus when she was pouring it out, like, come on, like that was a lot. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a little much. I was watching that and I'm just like, <laughs> is that what I, th-? so that's what she's, that's what she's gathered. That's what she's um, collected. Uh, that seems a little much. Yeah. I mean, me. I know it's Orlando I, Bloom, but come on. I, you know, and look, the the amount doesn't take measure of the man. I get it, but um, I was just like, "Wow, okay." Um, moving on, what she? Oh, that was just I couldn't believe they actually showed it. Was yeah. just my, I was just I'm sitting here watching, going, "That's is that what I think it is? That's what I think it is." Yeah. I can't believe they're just showing that. Like just all. What do they need the icing cup. for? In the oh, that's not icing. That's not. That's not. And it's not hair gel. No. <clears throat> yep. For anyone who's seen, um, you know, something about Mary, it's hair gel. Thanks. It's my <laughs> hair. <laughs> but so some questions remain. So who created this thing? Why did they target the headmaster? Why did they target? Well, I say target. Maybe target isn't the right word. Ashling seemed to be, was she really targeted or was she just in the wrong place at the wrong time? But I feel like now that we kind of know a little bit about the headmaster and I know we're going to talk more about who Ashling was in this story. And we know that the headmaster knew Philo's secret, um, which I'm going to talk more about. And I'm sure we will as we go along. So I don't want to take too deep of a dive. Um, and and we find out also that this thing, it doesn't have any of it, like its own intelligence. Like it can't think on its own. There's something, a person behind it. So it seems like it has to be somebody who has the experience to create one has the knowledge or something, because even the hair specs was like, it's beyond my capability. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she seemed to be pretty wise in her years. She was at least able to create this little one. She knew how to do it, but it was like, that just, it's more than what I know to do. She's so, like, that's going to take a lot more seed than I can provide. Yeah. Get comfortable, buddy. We're going to need a lot more. Um, take a nap, whatever you got to do, because round two is coming up. Well, that's an awkward <laughs> no. thing to have to tell your wife. Where are you going? Uh, not to get a hand job from a witch. I'm not, I'm not cheating on you, I promise. I'm, I'm helping create a dark asher. So it's all on the up and up. It's there. research, babe. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, just a lot of questions, like who is responsible is it going to come after Philo next? It seems to kind of revolve a little bit around him a little bit. I don't know if he's connected those dots yet, but, you know, it's just like, what what is the main purpose of this thing? And um, what does it have to do with Philo? And will Philo end up being targeted? I mean, it he confronted it and he was shooting it. And we know it can't die because she says, you know, when she he's like, you know, just kill it, get it out of its misery. And she said, it, it won't die as long as you draw breath. That you was kind of um, sad, really. Like this monstrosity was. thing. It's just like, kill me. I know. It's and like, it's just going to suffer up. in a freaking jar forever until, until Philo, until Philo dies. So that's terrible. So basically we know this person, whoever's created it, this thing's going to keep going around and, and he's going to target it at people um, and maybe even Philo until until they are no longer alive. So 
I don't know that we, I think we just kind of get a few more questions. Maybe some things are becoming a little bit more clear as far as um, who is being targeted and what might be happening. I, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, so I don't think we've learned a whole lot, just a few more questions, but they're at least a little bit more focused questions instead of just some random monster. It seems to have a purpose. Um, so I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. So kind of trying to figure out how the livers kind of come into play. I don't yeah, know that I fully understood too. that. I, I don't know. Because at first when they talked about it, I just assumed that maybe this monster needed like certain organs to keep itself going. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like it's pretty specific about the livers. Yeah, m- that might have been mentioned. It was just like totally over my head. Maybe I was um, taking notes or something when that was um, being mentioned and I missed it. But anyway, just interesting um, how all that's coming about. So anyway, I rambled on a lot about the Dark Asher. Did you have anything else you want to say about that or do you want to go into your number five? No, I think you tied it up. This was actually my number three was the Dark oh, okay. Asher. Uh, but yeah, you kind of touched on everything. It's um, It's definitely, I like that this is the big bad. I like the fact that it's a monster that isn't really the monster. It's being controlled mm-hmm. by something, kind of like a construct, or they called it a golem in here. So mm-hmm. I really like that. Like, there's a bad guy behind the bad guy. You know, there's there's somebody behind the curtain, you know, the great and powerful yes. Oz kind of thing. I agree. So I really like that we get to see this. And I think it just kind of adds to the depth of the show a little bit because it's, you know, if it was just this was the bad thing, it would be just this killing machine monster. But there's right. actually somebody that has an evil plan that's, you know, trying to do something that'll be really interesting to kind of, uh, you know, Inspector Gadget a little bit, you know, Scooby-Doo it some to figure out what's going on. But, but yeah, you kind of like touched it. on the main stuff with it. With it. <clears throat> Sweet. Well, what's your number five? So my number five is simply just secrets. So there are a ton of secrets going on right now. So we have mm-hmm. Jonah. Uh, you know, just in that whole relationship. So his mom has a huge secret. Oh and yeah. Now he has a secret because you could tell. And again, this is like one of the twelve stories currently going on. You know, when she comes in to kiss him hello or goodbye, you know, the next day he hears her footsteps and is like, "Oh God, I know that she was there when I was kidnapped." So he's got the secret. Philo has a bunch of secrets. The fact that he was half fae, the fact that he's helping out his girlfriend, former girlfriend, uh, the fact that, you know, he's basically going and creating this fake monster kind of thing. You know, there's there's a bunch of stuff with him there. And even the bigger story here when we learned about the uh the um uh headmaster's death, we find out that him and the doctor had a secret late relationship. That Philo is now going to help keep secret for him. So I'm kind of curious how that's going to play out with just all these people kind of living, not really double lives, but just the fact that they're keeping these things secret. Uh, You have the guy who I don't, again, I'm not going to be good with names with these, so I'm not even really trying, but Mm -hmm. the, the street actor with the cobalts. You know, I feel like he's got some kind of secret that he's not telling. You know, he was very obsessed with, you know, like you said, we'll find out, which I'm pretty sure we know now is Philo's mom. You know, it seems like he had some kind of close relationship with her. So, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Um, so, just I, I'm curious what you think about that. There just seems to be so many secrets right now in this series. Yes, like I said, I feel like I need a spreadsheet to keep up with them all. And I don't know, maybe I should look it up. Maybe somebody's already done some type of research for me and has already created like, oh, here's all these connections and here's, yeah. you know, all of these things I need to go. I feel like somebody on Reddit somewhere has probably provided something for me and I just need to go um, out there and seek it out. Mail um, order I'm, like connections. It comes with its own yarn. It's like yarn by yeah. number. 
Yeah, that's totally because look, I'm just really too lazy to do it myself. I just honestly don't have the time. And then also, um, I just don't want to, but I kind of want someone to do it for me because I want to know. Um, but yeah, that's a really good connection. I guess I didn't um, think about it in that aspect whenever I was watching those episodes of how many secrets are going on. I mean, it's like I acknowledge them. Yeah, that's a big secret and that's a secret and this person has a secret, but it wasn't. I wasn't putting them all together. Um, I have a feeling like a lot of this is going to come. You were talking about the storylines and stuff earlier. I feel like some of this all has to somehow be related to some of these yeah, things. Oh, not, yeah. Maybe not everything, but I feel like you can't have all of these, you know, characters that are unrelated to each other and having these storylines that don't somehow involve each other in some way. So I feel like it's all going to kind of come back, you know, in a way, because I just don't know that it's a really great way to have all of these storylines so separate from each other. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it'll work out. I don't know. But I yeah, like these that. are all kind of their own separate past stories. Like that feels like what you get with like a season six of a show. Like yeah. season one's usually a little bit more straightforward, but they're they're like putting a ton of just a lot of things. Yeah, just universe building with this. And I I saw a cool little note. I guess the guy that is running this show, mm-hmm. he had written a spec script for this in college like 17 years ago. Oh, so, cool. I could imagine if he's running the show right now, he's like, I am getting everything in season one just in case. Right. So I could see that that being kind of part of it. Well, I hope they saved some stuff because, and I don't know what is going to happen in season two because I've been trying not to read too much because all the information's out there since it was released all at once on on Prime. Um, I have to kind of tread lightly when I'm out there seeking news or anything about the show. I mean, they announced season two before season one even aired like yeah we're gonna do a season two and it's like wow you haven't even put season one out yet i think it was right after comic con when they were kind of talking about carnival row and kind of doing the promos and um things like that for it and then it was between then and when the show aired that it was announced season two i was like damn somebody's got some confidence and faith in this show Mm -hmm. so hopefully he saved some good content um to to carry on into uh, the next season for sure so i guess we'll find out i think they're going to be filming soon i don't know if i heard right and i bet it probably takes a while with all the effects um you know and costuming makeup i mean golly the makeup and and you know fixing these people up as those creatures um i'm sure is not a small feat um but i like all of that and that's a really interesting story i think that guy's got a great creative brain um yeah that's my number five is just kind of the different secrets going on right now I like it. I like secrets. I want to know your secrets. Message me your secrets, guys. Um, I won't tell. Yeah, I mean, if um, you've ever, you know, had some weird late nights and you meet this witch and, you know, she just <laughs> happens to take advantage of you, send those to me. Yeah. Dear strange send, indeed. I never send, thought this would happen to me. Send, <laughs> That'll be the next podcast. Like, it's strange indeed after dark. I'm going to say, after dark, isn't that like, um, oh, goodness, like Skinamax after dark, yeah. red, sh- red Shoe Diaries? Come on, guys. Am I that old? That any, anybody else remember that? Um, am I the only one? Anyway, send us send us your stories. We won't tell. Those are just for our own private uh, amusement. We won't air those. <laughs> anyway, uh, my number four. Let's get back on track. Um, so... I don't care that Philo gave the braid back 
to vignette. I'm just going to say, I don't care. Um, these two got some feels for each other. So I'm like, all I can sit here and say to myself and question myself is how long are these two going to go before they admit to themselves that they are not over one another? Um, I feel like there's a lot going on. Like um, Philo is busy chasing down this monster and these murders and what's happening. And he's got, you know, all of this happening. Vignette has joined this Black Raven organization. And she seems to be bit, not only busy with that, like getting in the mix of things and learning and doing for, for this um, organization, but also she's... <laughs> you know, kind of fighting for her life because they then in turn think that she uh, is a mole, basically. So they've got a lot going on, but they keep coming back to each other. Um, And there's definitely, I don't think, any denying that their connection remains really strong. And even though it's their, their relationship has kind of been frayed with some anger and shame, some resentment, and it's not going to be simple. They're not just going to be able to just kiss and make up, right? I mean... I yeah, think there's too a much lot has of happened. Here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, holy hell, she mourned the guy for seven years, you know, thinking he was dead. So there's going to be a little repair work to happen here. So it's not just going to be like a, she's just going to fall in his arms and everything's going to be made right. So I'm not believing that by any means. They, I think they, they're going to need a little time, need a little time to process things that have happened, um, you know, between them and, and to them. Uh, but I think that, I don't know. I'm hopeful that by the end of this season, uh, anyway, I'm hopeful for by the time episode eight comes around that they will realize that they are each other's true north. That's as romantic as I'm going to get tonight. I can promise you. Um, I'm not usually the big romantic person. Um, sometimes, maybe just a little bit. You got to draw it out of me. Um, I but I think know. I think we're going to get there. I don't know. What do you, What do you think? What do you think, uh, Sean, about these two? <sighs> I mean, they definitely kind of have not really the opposites attract because they are very much kind of a similar person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I like all the stories around these two more than I think their story themselves. Really, so I feel like when you get them together, it just feels kind of awkward and forced. Yeah, uh, not not even just like their acting, but I mean like the actual characters themselves. Like it's kind, mm-hmm. it feels to me kind of like. You know, like you, you hung out with that, you know, that other person once or twice. Maybe you kind of made out. Maybe you hung out a little bit. <laughs> Things got a little intense. But then, like, when you see the, each other at, like, you know, work or at a party, you're like, oh, yeah, we totally did that, didn't we? I feel like you're coming from some personal experience a little bit. Oh, I mean, you know, you hang out and some lady's like, hey, I'm going to blow smoke in your face. And next thing you realize, you're on a bed with your pants down. Oh, how'd that happen? Yeah. They're like, hey, <laughs> this is yours. And I'm like, that looks like a dark asher. And they're like, it is. <laughs> but it's just, I, I, it's one of those, but, you know, definitely not this season for sure. Cause I think it's kind of like the X Files thing. It's like once they finally kiss, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like now the show's going downhill. Uh huh. Not really playing the will they, won't they, but just kind of like, listen, we're not right for each other right now. There's just way too much going on. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see that play out a little bit more. Yeah, maybe it doesn't have to be this season, but I feel like in the end all of things, however many seasons this show goes on, I think at the end I would like for them to finally come back together. I just, I kind of want it to just happen. I feel like they, because I really liked them together in episode three, you know, when we had the, 
you know, the flashback at Tiernanak and, and how they met and, you know, from the war. And I really thought their scenes together were kind of sweet. I know there's a lot of talk that they have zero chemistry together. And I get it's not probably the, the best couple on screen I've ever seen, you know, or anything like that. But I don't think it's terrible. I think that they have a sweet little thing um, happening. So I, actually, I don't know. If, if you if you held me down to it, I'd probably say I kind of like um – the relationship potential between him and uh, the the woman that, that landlady, runs, yeah, right, because they both feel kind of like him and Vignette are more just kind of like I don't know, just they, they got like that uh, you know battle tested kind of love type thing, but I feel like post war it's more him and the landlady where it's. It's two broken people who like find comfort in themselves. It's not like a violent type relationship or anything. Not that the vignette in them is violent, but it's kind of it came from a violent place. Hard times and war. Yeah. yeah, and this like theirs is more like okay, it's calm. We've kind of like accidentally found each other, and you know, even in this when he took her on the date and they fell like she accidentally fell asleep in his bed. Like that mm-hmm. felt more like like it's probably what's going to happen is she's going to have way too much feelings for him, and he's going to basically blow her off and go with vignette. I mean, that's just how this story will probably go. <laughs> but I feel like that, you know, both of them coming from that broken place, I feel like they would kind of, you know, complement each other well and help each other through these pains. Um, even though I know vignette and them can too, but like, you know, it's the difference between like, you know, sitting there and holding each other in front of a fire compared to being like, all right, we're going to go kill some people and then we're going to bang in, on this, you know, troll that's exciting though, Sean. It is, but it's exciting. Got to keep things alive and keep yeah. the spark alive. Um, but do you think? So I don't know that I know enough. And and golly, I just really cannot keep people's names straight. I need a, just I need to keep a, 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 something in front of me with everyone's names and stuff because I can't keep it straight. Um, do you think that she would accept him being who he really is, like Vignette would? Like she knows that he is half fay and you know may not fully understand his struggle of how he's caught between these two worlds and um because she's you know she just is who she is but she has accepted him you know she mm-hmm. accepted him when she found out she's like it doesn't matter to me and we can just go to our own place you know um so I don't know. I'm just curious because it seems like everyone there in the Berg just has zero tolerance, not only towards any fae and, and uh, you know, creatures unlike themselves. Um, but he's not only like, ha- he's a half breed, essentially. Yeah, so would she be, yeah. So would I she even be accepting of that if, if, he, if she found out? It'd be a little too cliche, I think, but I could see that being, you know, another storyline they would go with this is that, you know, he decides to go with the landlady and she's like, oh, now tell me about your scars. And he's like, you want to know about my scars? <laughs> and he goes on to tell her like, oh, well, you know, I'm actually half fae. And then she's like, Ugh, gross. Like, oh, fae penis. Like, it's good penis, but it's not my penis and leaves him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be like, you know, but cliche, then, Or he could but- just hide who he is. And that sucks. Do we, I mean, is that where we want to be? Aren't we, shouldn't we, I mean, I get that this is a totally different world and, you know, but. Yeah, you say it's a different world, but like everybody has secrets, right? Like everybody, you know, it's the whole like, well, do you really know the person you're with? Um, So I I don't know. It's it's an interesting question. Uh, 
I, I, don't I couldn't w- do that. I couldn't. I just gotta. I gotta let my freak flag fly, man. And you either take me or you leave me. <laughs> you know, I'm. I am a weirdo, and this is how I am. And I just. I can't hide that. And if you don't like it, then you're not the person for me. So if there's not um, a fireplace and a troll rug. I don't want anything to do with it. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I um, I at least hope that they don't develop a love triangle because I, I really get yeah. annoyed with those because that's very rom com But, you know, it's it, – and I hope that maybe they stay away from the whole love story a little bit too because – Maybe. You know, the only real love between, you know, Philo and Vignette that we've really seen is episode two or three, whichever one they were uh, in the, the war stuff. Like that's when they were really kind of like had the sparks and everything. The rest of it's just kind of been like happenstance running into each other. Right. Well, and I mean, hey, what about her and Tourmaline? They had a thing back in their homeland. That would be interesting. Could something re-spark? I mean, right now they they seem to be pretty content and to just be like good uh, best friends. But I mean, that way. you just don't know. Tourmaline has that like look of like your drunk friend that's like about ready to make out with you. She's a beautiful girl. She is. I mean, she's, she's very, absolutely beautiful. Um, I had a so side note, and the reason I say this is because I had a buddy who he had some rough stuff that happened, but he was uh, very intoxicated. and He just wanted to hug all of his friends, <laughs> and which was fine. Like it's like I understand. Let's let's hug it. And give you some hugs. And there's a couple times he's like a little bit too close, looking into my eyes. I'm like this might this might oh. get awkward quickly. Oh. Yeah. Oh my. And so that look that a... Tourmaline has was the same look that he had. I'm like, I know that look. That's the Uh-oh. I want to kiss you look. Dude. We're going we're going beyond some hugging here. Yeah, we I'm gotta... like, I'll hug you, bro, but I'm not gonna make out with you. Pump pump the brakes, man. <laughs> pump the brakes. Well, I don't know. I I want I want these two to work out whether or not it's a season uh, like i said i know it's not just going to be a, a magical kiss and everything is okay i feel like you know at least be realistic and they're probably gonna have to work through some things and, and kind of work their way there you have to kind of earn it a little bit but that's what i'm kind of hoping for so that's my number four i like it well my number four it ties in a little bit but it was the whole find the cricket Kind of scenes. Oh yeah, uh, I really like that. You know, so the first off, the scene where the lead uh, Black Raven was going through and talking about finding the cricket, mm-hmm. I thought was a really good intense scene. Ah, uh, me too. And it reminded me a little bit of Game of Thrones because it's like she how she said cricket reminded me of like my little birds. Uh, oh, so it yeah. definitely had a tie there, and I love that. You know, she definitely was thinking it was vignette right away. Like you know, when she's saying it, she's straight on camera. She turns around, walks away, and who she was looking at was vignette. So I, I really like that, and I like that. You know, vignette kind of almost had this. Uh, I guess like getting in, actually getting into the group. I'm still a little. The only thing that I'm not like super. Not okay, not it's not that I'm okay with, but I'm kind of like curious about is the fact that the phase wings seem very very fragile. Yeah, they do. So, and I understand. I mean, I guess I just think of a wing as kind of like an appendage, almost like your arm. So, like if somebody's holding your arm and you're kind of stretched out, like it would hurt. But like it felt like that was extremely like agonizing to her when they were doing that. I feel like that would hurt if if I had wings and somebody's holding me over the edge and holding me only by my wings. I but feel I like mean, the wings have to carry your hurt. body. Well, 
And I don't want to get you know, any science. In I don't this, know about the anatomy weird. of a fairy, Sean. I just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> but I'm not qualified. The, the only, like, uh, I thought it was kind of funny too, but you know, you know, she's, she's meeting the guy that she suspects she's going to kill him and cut off his wings. And he's all like, oh yeah, like she's up here to give me a blowy. And he's like excited for it. Cause I mean, all women, when they're like about to do that for you, they're like, Hey, close your eyes and face this side of the, you know, <laughs> that was building. a little bit. Like, yeah, like set up a little bit I'm like all okay for, like a little bit of freakiness but like I don't like I'm not closing my eyes and facing away from you like that's when you get the old I'm like no I'm not ready for that yet so okay <laughs> <laughs> so but the other thing I thought was crazy with this is like the way she tried to like take him out I I felt like was very clumsy it's, yeah, you know, it's like close your eyes, turn around, and then she jumps on him and flows him out there, and they're flying. I did. I I also had just a, f- a few issues with the setup. Like I said, the way that she kind of went out of her way and be like, "Oh, close your eyes, and now move over here," and it's like, well, eh, a little suspicious. And then the whole. Yeah. I feel like it had to be like a like we haven't had an action scene in yeah, a little while. It like it's been like it's oh it's been just all dramatic at this point for a little while. We've got to throw in an action scene, so it's kind of like oh here's the action scene. So, eh, I mean it was fine, but um, I didn't love it or anything like that. Yeah, I felt like it's kind of like okay, we're gonna go cheap on the werewolf CGI, but we're gonna blow our budget on you know the dark Asher in this flying scene, right? But again, I was talking about the wings. It seems like she easily stabbed through his wing and cut one of them, and that made him fall to the ground too. It's like he couldn't fly with just three. Like once that happened, he's like, "Nope, I'm done." I know, and I I struggled with that too. Um, like how, and I don't know. Maybe they just need their wings completely intact that if one of them gets, cause I don't, she didn't cut it off. Did she, didn't she just no, like she stab just, like, it and like, st- it, yeah. like a hole, like a gap or a slit yeah. in the wing. And I get that that's pretty important, but he, the way would, that they're, I don't know. I feel like you've got, you can, the rest of your wings can pick up the slack. Yeah. I and, feel like you and, just fly in circles. So you just be like, like a helicopter. And she stabbed the other one. Maybe he would still kind of fall to the ground, but the rest of his wings would maybe soften the yeah. blow a little. Like, oh, think. I'm still, I don't have enough to support my full body weight in the air, but I'm not going to go crashing to the ground and go yeah. splat. And I guess that's true because he didn't quite go splat. He was still yeah, alive. So maybe Although, he did have enough. He made it look like he went through a building. So I don't know if he actually went through it or if, if what. That also kind of confused me. It's like, wouldn't you see where he fell? But I mean, I'm being lit picky on this, but I mean, yeah, again, I know it's flying fairies. And, you know, if you can't talk about the anatomy and physics of flying fairies in Carnival Row, when can you talk about it? Exactly. If we can't goof off a little bit on, um, you know, a show about fairies and <laughs> um, centaurs and, and everything else, when can we? Um, but yeah, I agree. But I, I like did it. like, you know, he's kind of doing this like whole thing. Try, like it's the, the bad guy telling you what he's going to do. He's like, I want to cut your head off slowly. And then here comes Philo and he's like, too slow. Bang. Yeah. And that's another part. I was kind of like, almost a little too convenient. Philo just happened to be yeah. there to, to save her. It's like, how did he find her so quickly? Well, Even if was, they're 
it was kind even of, if he's tracking her. It'd be like the CSI thing too, and she's like, he's like, oh, looks like I just got here in the puts on his glasses, touches her neck in the nick of time. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, the Who starts to play. That's a great opening, by the way. I love the old school it CSI actually, Vegas. Yeah. Such a great show. Oh, God, I love that damn show so much. Because um, <laughs> I, I love all those CSI and crime shows. Um, but, yeah, that's my number four is just finding the cricket. I like it. Cricket's chirping. I do like um, chirping, too, actually. I know it annoys people. I actually kind of like it. Even if it's in your house and you can't find it and it's just, yeah. does that not drive you bonkers? No, because it's a kind of a consistent just chirp. Oh no! So my uh, my grandparents' house—they lived in like an old old house. And whenever they slept upstairs during the summer because it was hot and they'd have air conditioning, they'd keep mm-hmm. the windows open so I could yep. always hear them outside. So it's kind of like a takes me back to being. Like, oh, five. okay. Well, that's. I mean, they're fine when they're outside, and or if my window is open and I can hear them outside. But when one is like under your bed or somewhere in your room, um, and it's like you know just really quiet, and you're trying to sleep, and it's just non-stop chirping uh it that makes me bonkers I, it's like it's go outside you're fine outside <laughs> not in, not in my room um all right my number three want to talk a little bit about the break spears um the chancellor uh his conniving wife and uh their son um i re- was really Im- impressed uh with the acting from piety Coming from um, when she is in there with Longer Bane as they have him locked away, and she was able to make this switch. You know, she stops like she's, you know, like ha ha. I just, you know, because she just killed this guy, and she stops because she's now has to switch over to this. Oh, you know, this shocked, you know, like, housewife lady <laughs> going from like acting to like acting that you're acting. That's, exactly. That's like yeah. An, uh, inception type stuff. It was, it was like watching, um, interesting to see a character acting this way. Like she's having to, to get her acting wheels, uh, and, and per- make a performance for her husband. Um, but also just interesting to see the actress herself. Um, I thought she was really great. I don't remember her, her, the actress's name, but I know that she was, um, in game of Thrones, um, as Ilaria San. And I thought she was really good in, in that, but I don't know that she was given as much or had much of a range in game of Thrones. Like she did here. I thought that was a really great scene. And I thought I, I would have totally believed it. You know, had she come running and crying to me when she, you know, was able to kind of flip that switch. But, um, I really liked that. Um, I just thought that was interesting to, and I wanted to kind of just make note of it anyway. Um, and then when they get their son back, he recognizes his mother's clacking heel yep. from when he was in the old baths. Um, God, and that kid is way too old to be living with his parents. Like he's like <laughs> in his forties. You know what I mean? Like I understand being in like your mid twenties, maybe your thirties if you kind of had a rough start. But he's like legit in his forties. Do you? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's older. I feel like he's supposed to be in his really early twenties because they're talking about him. You know, finishing school, university, that kind of thing. He looks a little bit older. I get it, but I think he's supposed to be. 
um, in his 20s. And I'm willing to bet that it's it's probably a kind of a society where, um, you know, if you are a single man unmarried and don't have your own business ventures yet, you're probably living at home. Holy and I'm shit. probably... The guy that plays him was born in 95. He looks legit 40. I think it's his... I, I think it's just like his facial features and his coloring that just, I don't know, there's something about him, I, I agree. See, if he was born in 95, then yeah, he's what, like, like 23? 24, 25. 23, 24. Wow. Yeah. Check back on this guy in like 10 years. He's going to look super old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to me, it makes sense. I figure he's probably just still under his, his parents' tutelage, and he hasn't quite went out there and, and made his own mark, so that's why he's still living at home. Probably unmarried daughters also live at home until they marry or whatever, so I don't know. Um, well, there are a lot of, like, uh, it's one of the things I noted is, like, there's a lot of like brothers and sisters living with each other still too. So it's probably kind of that you don't leave home till you get married type thing. Yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, Imogen and Ezra, certainly. That and one of the other couples they invited over for that tea thing, they were, yeah, they were and brother and sister. Oh, there's a lot of brother yeah. and sister stuff happening in here. It's kind of just interesting how that theme keeps popping yeah. up. Well, um, and if this dude like wrote this was a big Game of Thrones fan, maybe he was like a fan of the book. He's like, oh, well, this might be a thing in a few years. We'll get ahead of this go, brother-sister train before. We're going to go full Targaryen uh, <laughs> in this show. Why not? Um, but anyway, thought that was really interesting, and he didn't hide too much the fact you know, questioning his mother's uh, interest in his well-being. You know, like, uh, maybe mom isn't you know, so caring about, you know, in, in this situation. And so I'm curious why, I don't know. I really don't. And I've sat here and thought about it and I just still don't know. What are her motivations? Why would she, you know, she led her husband to the idea of it being longer Bane. I feel, I feel like she kind of was leading him to that and made it think it was his idea when really she was leading him there. So she kidnaps her own son, puts the fault on longer Bane. Um, well, it gets is it something up. to is it something to maybe just get him out of the way because we know how challenging he is to her husband and his position as chancellor that because he said hey he keeps causing a stir and if he if we if if there's some scandal or something that happens I might lose my seat and not be chancellor anymore and they're going to put this guy in there so is it because she wants her son cuz she tells him there at breakfast she's like you know, your father, I was told, was going to be this great man, you know, and that's why I married him. And I was told that our son was going to be even greater. So is it to, to like, cement her husband's seat as chancellor so he doesn't have opposition to kind of get those people out of the way? And so then her son can easily also rise as well? Because if they, if, if he's not chancellor anymore, he's what? like a nobody. So how will well, his son also ascend to any powerful position if he gets booted out of being a chancellor? And the way it sounds like in this society, it works too, is if your father or if, if a person dies in this you know, political arena, the first of kin or the first child gets to take over. Oh, so he keeps his chancellor seat. Yeah, he so gets to he gets to run out his chancellorship till he dies. I guess I I don't know if it's a um, 
it doesn't sound like you're appointed to life. It doesn't sound like, oh, well, you're just chancellor for life because it sounded like this guy there could take still, him out. Yeah, but they're still voting. But he would so you know maybe if he gets reelected, she'll knock him off, and then her son gets to take over, or she'll kill her husband. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, we're gonna submit your. We're going to remove this longer bane guy who keeps challenging you so we can keep you as chancellor. Now that we've cemented your position, I'm going to off your ass so my son can be chancellor and then maybe then become like reinstate the um, uh, oh shit for him to become king. What the hell did they call it to reinstate um, a monarchy? A monarchy. Thank maybe. you. It's Friday and I've had some booze. Ooh, and then um, maybe him and Sophia Longerbane will hook up because you could tell he's like, oof, Longerbane. Well, yeah. I got a little Longerbane going on right now, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, and I think that's really, you know, to see when Sophie, so Sophie, we, in, we get introduced to her as the daughter of Longerbane before he is killed. Uh, that she is not happy just sitting no. around being a lady. You know, she is smart and intelligent and she wants to do more in the world. And her father is like squashing all of that and, and doesn't want that to happen. I'm willing to bet she's probably not too, too sad to see her father uh, gone because now she doesn't have anyone bossing her around. She's going to be the head of her household. And not only that, but she gets to take her father's seat in parliament. So she definitely catches the eye of Jonah um, and he's really attracted, it seems, to her power and command. And, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot of Jonah, so I don't know if we can call him the sharpest tool in the box or not Ooh. yet. And he's definitely not very disciplined because he's, you know, a bit of a wild child and kind of doing his own thing. And so it's probably only a matter of time before Sophie also picks up on this. Like, hey, he's uh, easily manipulated and she mm -hmm. will definitely have him at her beck and call. And I don't think her motives are all that pure. Um, yeah, the question is, like, because she, when she was down there on the center stage, she was basically kind of you know, reiterating what her dad was saying, but is that uh -huh. all just kind of a coup? Kind of like, a, oh, yeah, I believe the same thing. Down with all the crits. But then when she gets some power, she's like... Exactly. So that's definitely going to cause some major issues, I feel, with this whole Breakspear clan and um, could certainly move the story along in a little bit of a different direction there. So anyway, just some interesting happenings there and some more conspiracy theories happening. I'm interested to see how that plays out. So that's my number three. Yep, uh, and my number three was just the Dark Asher as well. So if you okay. want to move on to your number two. Let's do that. So my number two, so I feel like Sophie, I didn't talk about her too, too much. I, I at first kind of felt bad for her when, you know, she's having that, I don't know if it was breakfast, dinner, whatever it was. I guess it was breakfast because he's reading the paper. I feel like that's a, a morning tradition. Um so I almost felt kind of bad for her and thinking, geez, dad, you're an asshole. She wants to do more and be more. And he's being like, you know, no daughter of mine is going to go venture out and have these adventures. So that gets squashed. He says no to school. You know, like, how dare you want to try to go educate yourself? <laughs> you know, so I almost kind of felt bad for her from because I'm like, well, that sucks balls that she can't go do these things. And. Um, he's just basically controlling every aspect of her life. Um, but then I didn't so much like her when she took his seat and she's having that whole speech at Parliament. I thought, uh-oh, uh, you're not very innocent and I'm not so sure about you. So 
on the other end of the likability scale for me is Imogen Spurnrose. And, you know, I really had some things to say about her when we first met her because she had this whole pompous attitude um, and she was very much on my instant dislike um, scale. But these last few episodes, I feel like we've gotten to see a little bit of a different side of her and I really, really am anxious to see how it plays out. Um, I think she still has this haughtiness, you know, um, Mm -hmm. underneath all of that. But I feel like underneath is a strong woman who in time is probably going to break out of the confines of her upbringing, I think. I loved how she told her brother off and was like, you know, what is even less likely is that you will secure my signature on any piece of paper, and I'm paraphrasing here, on any document that will um, put our home in jeopardy. And I was like, hell yes. You know, she has said in another episode um, how she has sat for long enough you know, not saying a word and just letting her brother run the finances and run the household. And even though she questioned like in her mind what he was doing and felt he wasn't doing a good job, she still felt it was not her place um, to question him or, or go against him. And now she's like, now he's talking about, well, I'll just go secure a loan. And when he, she's like, well, how do you expect to do that? And he tells her it's going to be, well, probably going to have to, you know, put the house on the line and she is having none of it. So I really loved that she put her foot down and said, you know what, brother? And I'm guessing he's an older brother. I don't know that it's been clearly established um, because I feel like no matter if he's an older or younger brother, that just the fact that he's a male, he would be the run, he would be the one to run the household. Right. I feel like this is a very, um, old school misogynistic type society that yeah, regardless like of the Brit- who's older, or like the monarchy like Victorian. Like, yeah, and yeah, old, yeah. So yeah. I feel like no matter if he's an older or younger brother, just the fact that he's a male, he would be the one to uh, be in charge of the household and the affairs of the family. Um, so I just love that she totally stood up to him and was like, you're not, you're not doing this and I'm not going to allow you. I've had enough. I've let you do this for, for however long we're going to do things my way. That just, I was like, okay, I'm starting to like you a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, she's not perfect or anything like that. And I don't love her yet, but I'm starting to see the cracks in that, you know, um, exterior a little bit. And I'm really, um, I liked everything that she did planning the teas with Mr. Agrius and, and society and how she was going about that and how this relationship that they're, you know, kind of coming to um, is starting to form. And I'm really interested to see how all that plays out. What are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah. Well, I mean, like what you're talking about with her, I think it's, you know, I feel like she's starting to open up to their new neighbor and everything. And she's kind of like seeing that, you know, okay, here's this guy who like, I have all these preconditions to think, you know, all the bad things about, but, Yep. You know, in reality, there's not a whole lot of difference besides appearances, which is kind of what the theme of this show is probably going to lean towards. But sure, you know, it's even him. Like when he talked about when he first was going to show up, he said something about um, uh, he thought it was going to be he thought the whole like the, her bringing it over was a whole different reason, and so he even had some preconceived you know notions. But I think you're going to kind of like you said those two banging. I think it's probably going to happen. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think it's going to happen. I think it's kind of inevitable. And it might be a little um, little bit of a trope, but, 
to have like someone like these two from total opposite backgrounds and circumstances and species as well too i guess um <laughs> well that i mean will they are together. very progressive they are very progressive so who knows but um i like I all mean, of that between the whatever the perfume she had on and that hawkins cake though i'm sure <laughs> a party can be had oh and i think that i saw i have to i just got a quick read i didn't get to read the whole thing i just saw a quick snippet i think i saw a recipe oh. for the harkin cake I saw that in my mouth water because I am anything yeah. like breads. I phew, I oh, love man. bread. God, who doesn't love some carbs, Ooh. man? You give me like sweet bread like that. Like that's the kind you cut into and it's still warm and moist. And you're like, oh, my God. You know, I am all about doing like a proper tea. I love tea, Ooh, tea time. Yeah. Like I had some English breakfast tea the other morning, like in, instead of coffee, like for some reason I just couldn't be bothered to make coffee that morning. I don't <laughs> know what, it was like just one of those mornings and I thought, you know what, tea would be so much faster. I can hurry up and and, and heat the water, um, throw in that tea bag. I know I don't have the fancy little sifters where you put actually like real tea or anything like that. I don't have time for that shit. It's a tea bag, people. Um Tea bag, let it steep for a couple minutes, and then uh, throw a little dollop, not a lot, just a little dash of like milk in there. And that English breakfast tea really hit the spot the other morning. It's still got caffeine in it. It's black tea, essentially. So there's caffeine, and that's really the key. I love a good English breakfast tea, and I love a good proper tea with all the cute little cakes. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of Great British Baking Show. Am I the only one seeing all these yummy? proper treats for for tea um and you're just like holy hell um give me some of that so that i'm kind of stuck on that right now but anyway i i I loved all of it i thought it was great um what is your number two (laughs) all right so my number two it'll be kind of short and sweet but it's um it's really just those cobalts so we really got to see them kind of fully acted out as the first time we saw them they're kind of Messing up a little bit. We got to see him do the full play, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. But we got the touching moment, I think. I thought it was touching when, you know, he falls asleep, and they basically take him to deport them. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, is rushing. And, you know, and at this point in time, too, like, he sees the ship, but there's nothing quick enough to catch up to it, right? Like, you think now, like, you get radio to it. You could get the speedboat. Like, something could get you there. Yep. But here they are, these cobalts that he's raised that, you know, when I was watching this, you know, a lot of people apparently in this world think that cobalts are just almost like pets. They're kind of senseless and dumb. But in their own worlds, they have their own culture. They have their own language. Like, they're actually pretty smart. Yeah. So it's not only just like losing a pet, but it's almost like losing kind of part of your family, it seemed like. Yeah. And like, that was a little they're sad. real friends, not just, yeah. you know, pets. Yeah. It, it was a funny little exchange, too, when they're in the... Um, constabulary and they're all just kind of hanging outside the little bars of the box that they're all in and you know they're that guy's talking to that cop about him and he's like you know oh well they're not you know well they seem kind of smart and he's like no they're not kind of they're not very smart (laughs) and they're just like they're making these faces like what the hell dude you know we can do math we're good (laughs) um you know we can act out these plays and um and then you know whenever 
uh, you know, it's just funny to see their interactions because they're just like, what the hell? You know, so you can tell there's some intelligence behind them. And, you know, I know I said before that they look kind of creepy because they were wearing the masks when they were doing the plays. And it just mm. something about masks just kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I guess those masks just were icky. But would they they once they had the masks off and they were just like themselves, then they were kind of cute. They reminded me um, of furless gremlins or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what the gist I got too. <laughs> little little furless magwai, or or is that what they were? Ma- magwai? Magwai, yeah. Magwai. Um, God, it's been a day since I've watched uh, Gremlins. My <laughs> Got the best little um, gizmo <laughs> voice, that's for sure. That was great. Yeah, they were super cute, and it made me really sad to think that. Yeah, you know where the hell were they shipping them? Because it sounds like you know I don't know for sure that their final destination was really going to be their old homeland. But if it was, it sounds pretty terrible because he's like it doesn't exist anymore. You know, it's like you can't just take them somewhere that is 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 gone because of of war or whatever happened. You know. Um, and yeah, will they be able to survive on the other end when they get there? It just, it broke my heart. It was like, I know that they weren't pets, that he considered them his friends, his family. But all I could think and how I could relate, because I don't have kobolds and they don't exist in our world. But I thought, if somebody, if I have my dogs with me and I'm traveling and someone took my dogs and was like, oh, sorry, you just can't have your dogs. They got to, you know, we're taking them, we're shipping them back home or to some other land and you're never going to see them again, I would be absolutely devastated. Yeah. And I can't even express that enough, how much that would break me. When um, you think like your dog and stuff too, like like they'd be like, well, why isn't Rima coming home? Why isn't Sean and Tiffany coming home? Exactly. They don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. And these cobalts are even a little bit smarter. They're like, well, you know, they're probably talking to, well, I mean, surely he's going to come get us. Like they're even more conscious right. of what's going on. That'd be horrible. That was terrible. And and, and, it, and really, is that what really happened? Do we know for sure that they mm. were on that ship? I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if that, because I feel like there's so many like little conspiracy theories kind of happening and, and secrets and things that you were talking about earlier. Is that what really happened? I don't know. Um, maybe they weren't really on that ship. Maybe, maybe. somebody, because we don't know. He was asleep and they're just gone. So we don't know, I don't think, without actually seeing them being put on the ship or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just because I'm questioning kind of everything um, happening in the show because um, I don't know what to believe. But yeah, I was totally bummed um, about that because all I could think about was it, it, trying to think of myself and how I would feel as if it were my dogs. And I would be just like I said, I would be absolutely devastated. Like I had, you know, kind of teased a, f- a few times to, to, to people about how I would love to move to New Zealand. And so I actually was like, cause I feel like that's just like an absolute paradise. And I know, um, and when, if you're listening, you're going to be like, yes, move here right <laughs> now. Um, cause she, she will constantly tease me about that and tell me I just need to pick up and move. So I, I did just, not a whole lot, but just your really vague, high-level research about when you move to other countries. Like if you have pets, you can't just get off the plane with your pet oh, yeah. when you uh-huh. come from another country. You there's like a, a um, they quarantine they them. quarantine them. Yeah, and it depends on the country and their laws and their policies and stuff. But sometimes it can be up to like thirty days or more that they quarantine your pets and you can't have your pets. So it's like you can go visit your pet. They will allow you to come and visit your pet every day or whatever, but you can't like just take them out and have them live with you right away. And 
you know, then what if something happened and your pet couldn't be released from quarantine and what would they do? Would they ship your dog back to the States or, you know, I don't know all of that, the ins and outs of that, but it terrified me. I thought I could never move abroad because they're going to quarantine my pets and they're not going to live with me. My pets, poor pets are going to be confused. Where's my mom? Why am I not with my mom? Who are these strange people? Um, I know my pets would be thinking that. I don't care what people say about that. Well, they're just dogs. Um, you can go f yourself because that's not that's not true. Um, so I would be absolutely devastated. I felt terrible um, during that scene and how heart I could feel the heartbreak um, for sure. So I'm glad you brought that up because that was in my notes. Um, yeah, and I like that they kind of expanded on what these different you know crits can do for lack of a better term but you know like you know you see we see a lot of different ones throughout but this was really kind of taking these cobalts and showing what they could do and really kind of giving them their own personality so i really enjoyed that yeah. that's, that's why i made it my number two i know we we had a very short time with them but they did seem to you know as they're all propped up in their little box you know they all seem to kind of have these different personalities mm-hmm. some were just kind of hanging back like oh we're just going with the flow and others were like you could tell we're a little sassy and had some attitude. Um, so yeah, they were, they were super cute. Um, at least without their masks on, I can't deal (laughs) with them with their masks. Um, that's awesome. I like that. Like those little dudes and like getting exposed to some more creatures and stuff as we, um, get further in the series. Uh, so my number one, um, I don't know. It might go in with your number one. I don't know. Sometimes we're in sync with those things, but we got a, a big reveal and that was, um, Ashling is actually Philo's mother that we got to see. Um, uh, that exposed. song that was playing too. I actually sent it to Tiffany. There's a YouTube video of it. Yes. And I sent it to her because it's definitely kind of a, like a, just a mother song kind of thing that I thought was really touching. It was. It's. I've, I've seen it go around uh, the web. You know, folks really love uh, the songs in episode uh, five. So uh, they were beautiful. It was touching. Some really beautiful imagery in episode five when we had these flashbacks to Philo and his. He's kind of remembering um, and how he can't get Ashling's song out of his head and. You know, you kind of see what it was like for him a little bit in the orphanage. And when he wakes up and he thinks that he's hearing the song outside of his window, and he might be sometimes, but also he's not just hearing it outside the window. She's actually like hovering over him as he sleeps, singing to him. And it was a truly some good touching moments between a mother and son. And it makes you think of the painful choice that she made to give him up to you know, try to give him a better life. And, you know, she's probably followed him throughout, you know, from the time that she gave him up and he's in the orphanage and seeing him grow up and be the man that he's become. And to think when you look back at the episode when she was attacked by the dark asher, when she opened, when she grabs that book and his picture, Philo's picture falls out. Oh yeah. And she picks it up and, to think she must be thinking, what you know, why is a picture of my son here in this book? But to not know, we didn't know that at the time when that happened. But to think that, you know, um, now that we know and we can kind of connect those dots, um, it was just really heartbreaking. And I, I keep wondering now, well, who's who's Philo's father? We know he's a half breed, um, so she she is a fairy, 
his father must have been human. So who is this person? Is his father the person behind the Dark Asher? That's kind of what I'm wondering, but yeah, I Do don't you think? know. Do you think he knew? Like, is he out to get the people who did this to his son or kept his son away from him? Or I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of just drawing straws here, and I, I don't really know. I'm just kind of talking it out, but I don't know. What do you think? Or do you have any thoughts? No, I mean, that's, that? I kind of was wondering that too. It kind of felt like maybe that was the situations that maybe it's the his dad, and maybe I would think that he would know he was half fay, or maybe he just learned about him. Or I, I still feel like that would be just a little bit too not cliche. I just don't know how that would fit with this story. It'd feel kind of not not fitting. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm not real sure how all that's going to fit together. I don't know either, but I know it was, there were some really touching and heartbreaking scenes. Um, and then the scene where it shows him as a baby and they clipped his yeah, wings. That was tough. And I think that it was, was the tough. doctor at the very end too, right? Yes. I'm guessing Same. that was the one that clipped his wings. Exactly. And he died there at the end. So we, the doctor who clips his wings and knew about Philo's secret that he was a half half breed. I don't know that I love this term half breed. I keep saying it. I don't know if I'm okay with that. Uh, I'd um, say like half fay or something like that. Uh, maybe half fay would be better. I don't know. This whole half breed thing um, reminds me of like mud blood uh, from Harry Potter. It's kind of like a dirty word for people of um, you know mixed uh, blood like that. But anyway, um, so the doctor knew and knew the secret. He died. Um, Ashling, his mother, died, and the headmaster who knew his secret died. So there's definitely, you know, at least a little bit more clearer picture coming in a little bit about, uh, you know, who could be behind this dark ash. I feel like it's still a mystery. I don't know, but it's just like, so we know there's a purpose. There's something happening here. It's not just randomly killing people. Um, there are people specifically being targeted and they all seem to know about Philo and his secret and have had something to do with hiding that secret. Um, and it was just so sad, just that scene to see something like that happen to a poor baby. It had to have been painful. I think um, I'm guessing his wings May or I don't know, but I'm guessing they may not have been functional because he was half Fay. They didn't oh, yeah, seem that's to. Interesting. They didn't seem to have. And maybe it's because he's a baby and didn't yeah. know what the heck to do with his. I don't know. Do do Fay babies just know how to fly? Do they can they just start flapping their wings and they can just fly, or do they have to kind of grow into that? They have to. Their wings maybe need to develop a little bit. I don't know, but they didn't look to be like they had much use. Like he had them but they weren't going to be functional. Um, so if they clipped them, it's not like he could have ever used them, but they can't just leave them on there if they're going to um, hide his identity. So, But it was a I truly heartbreaking scene for me. That was tough to watch. I still think that's weird that, like, it seemed like he wouldn't be the only half fae to do that. So, you know, when you see those kinds of scars, I feel like they'd be like, oh, those scars are pretty common with, you know, Right, they that have had their wings clipped, kind of thing. Yeah, like are there others out there like him that are known or not known? 
maybe if they're able to hide their identity like he has all these years. I mean, no one else, the only people that know were his mother, the headmaster that took him in, and the doctor that clipped his wings. Those are the ones that we know for sure that knew about him, uh, but they all also happen to be dead. Uh, and that ties into my one a little bit. Mine mm-hmm. is he when he's talking to the land, uh, the landowner lady, lady. Yeah. landlady, uh, lay lady, landlady, uh, <laughs> lay uh, lady. <laughs> is that what you said? <laughs> he uh, he said that when he goes to take her out, he says, "I've decided to choose a world." So I feel like that was a point where he's like, "Okay, do I want to be human or do I want to be fae?" At that point, that was kind of him choosing that path, but. I think in understanding who his mother was and getting back to that, I think that's getting muddled now because, you know, I think you could probably easily be okay. I don't know if he knew if his mother was Faye or his dad was Faye, but either way, I think you could reject either one pretty easily. But knowing that even though you're in this orphanage, your mother still came to visit you and she did that because it was probably the safest thing for you. Yeah. Yeah would it's you know it's one of those things as a kid you probably can't understand but once you become an adult you understand it's like oh my gosh they did this for my safety for my you know so i could you know be safe from you know this world that we live in yep so i thought that was kind of interesting that he's kind of like at the beginning he's going down one path but even then you know by the end of the day he's questioning well okay was that really a decision i can make right now yeah it's tough. He's definitely in a tough position having to kind of figure out what world does he belong in because he's got to kind of choose a side. I mean, he where is he going to go? And it was kind of hard to see how he was you know, like, okay, I need to. He gives Vignette the braid that represented, um, you know, when, when a, a, a fairy gives her her heart to someone. Um, so he, you know, does that and he kind of is like, okay, I'm going to choose a side. And he goes, um, to her, um, you know, just the struggle with that. And then, you know, just seeing all of those flashbacks of his childhood and his mother and stuff and him and as a baby, um, those were all difficult scenes. I don't know. It's hard. Um, but it was interesting. So I like that. I liked your number one there. Some really good points. Um, I don't have any notes because I think that we pretty much covered everything that I would have had in my notes. Um, did you have any notes that you wanted to cover? No, same boat. I think we kind of touched on everything. It was two good episodes. I think it definitely kind of, I felt better about these two episodes than a couple of the previous ones just because yeah. I feel like we're getting a little, you know, a little bit of traction going. But again, I feel there's just so many stories going on. They're all good. But just a, it's hard just to a, keep track. Yeah, exactly. Hard to keep track. Somebody wants to do that for me. Um, feel free. <laughs> I'll take you up on it. Um, all right. Well, that's awesome because that will then lead us into a, uh, our favorite part of the podcast, and that's letters from the row, uh, our listener feedback portion. So. I'll start off with the first one that we got from Maria Ursano Lawson. She says, haven't had a chance to watch episode five yet, but made it through four. Did anyone else get a Demogorgon vibe from the creepy thing Philo is chasing in the sewer? Um, Raising my hand, you can't see me. Um, She says, I loved the very Sherlock Holmes looking flashlights they were carrying and those little details of bringing this world to life. Wonder if we will find out um, what it didn't wonder if we will find out what it didn't attack him. Hmm. Uh, now, why it didn't attack him. Right. Um, maybe that was a misprint. I'm sorry. Now we know the Chancellor's wife is in cahoots with a dark magic doing Faye, but I still can't figure out what her endgame is with having her son kidnapped. 
What is he going to do now that he recognizes her footsteps from his captivity? I definitely got some Game of Thrones hilarious <laughs> and coldness when she poisoned her husband's rival. She sure is good being a bad guy. Hope to get some more clues on what exactly she is up to soon. Yeah, I'm with you, Maria. Got to find out. Our next one comes from Lindsay Slitch. So episode four is pretty interesting. I still don't really understand the storyline with a chancellor or what the wife's Ellery's end goal is. It seems like an unnecessary storyline, but maybe it will eventually mean something. The scene with the witch was interesting. <laughs> I guess I missed that she said your seed the first time. Second watch? Yeah. Wow. When she was pouring it... Into the potion, I was thinking, can we show this on TV? Yes, not the same exact thing. I was like, can we show this? Can we show them stuff in a cup and it being poured into it? Just well, it seemed wrong. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> the fifth episode, Matt, I was so bored. I don't even really remember much of what happened because I kept looking at my phone. Hope it picks up next week. Oh, I don't know. Lindsay, let us know after listening to us if you feel any differently about uh, the fifth episode. I thought it was really nice. Um, I'm just hoping for more Philo Witch action. I'm kind of pulling for that. <sighs> you know, I feel like you just don't know what's going to happen. If they're, if they're going to go there, then yeah, I feel it's like... It's almost Halloween season. I mean, sometimes you get in the mood for a little bit of, you know, dark magic. Maybe. Uh, we got an email this week says, Rima and Sean, hope you had a nice mini break. Uh, but my podcast feed seriously was looking sad and lonely without the strange indeed in it. Aw, thanks. Um, we were really bummed to not record last week. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, goes on to say, so I'm still not in love with this show, but it's entertaining enough to finish up the season. So here is my the good, the bad, and the what the puck of Carnival Row. <laughs> Oh, I love that That's so good. much. Um, okay, so number one, the good. Adira Varma as Piety Breakspear. She's a conniving, manipulative, and murderous little viper. And I love it. <laughs> She's the most interesting character on the show so far. Though I am beginning to like Imogen and her uppity pettiness too. Is it wrong that I like the shady characters? No. Um, this is me. Uh, I love all of the shady characters. So I'm totally on board with you on that. Um, goes on to say the number two, the bad, the dialogue, ick, it is so eye roll worthy. As a kid, I used to write fantasy short stories for fun. This dialogue feels lifted out of one of my old journals and that's not a good thing. <laughs> number three, finally, what the puck. So finally gets Philo, sorry, gets <laughs> roughied by an old witch and has a fish slash mole golem baby. Ew, ick. Though I actually did enjoy that bit of the story. Also, Agrius's hat. The dude has horns. Does he really need a ginormous hat? Really? What the puck? <laughs> Despite my nitpicking, though, it's a pretty good watch, and I'm still interested in seeing how it ends. Cheers, Lara. Oh, Lara, I love your emails so much, and your voicemails, of course, too, when we get those. They're so entertaining and um, make me giggle. Thank you. Um, so we did get a couple of voicemails also this week. Um, and of course we have Onwen. She was lovely enough to take the time, send us a lovely voicemail. Let's check out what she has to say. Hi, Rima and Sean. It's Anwen here. How are you guys doing? 
I am loving Carnival Row. It is so fantastic. Thanks so much for covering it. And I was keen to watch anyway, but it just totally cemented it when I knew you guys were covering it. Uh, one thing, I don't know if it's been mentioned, but I really love the opening titles. They're a lot like the Westworld titles, and um, it's one of those shows where mm-hmm. I don't actually fast forward through them because I actually really love watching them. They're pretty beautiful. Uh, I really like the acting in this show. I know that there was a little bit of questioning about Cara Delevingne at the beginning, but I actually think she's great in this, um, especially since we've seen the flashbacks now. So I think she plays um, currently plays her character really bitter and then in the flashbacks we saw her more vulnerable I guess before she'd been really hurt so I think she's doing really well and she looks amazing in this role. Um, The last couple of episodes have been incredible I just love all these revelations we're getting although there's been so many threads going throughout and sometimes not hard to keep track of but it's hard to see how they've related to each other and I think now they're all coming together really amazingly that whole scene with um, making the little mini dark asher that um, Philo had to make with that witchy woman uh, was just so creepy and when she said that um, she needed a contribution from him I just thought oh no Philo but (laughs) yeah they went there anyway um, I think Imogen is amazing and I think uh, she was very meek and mild at the beginning, but I love how she's starting to show some feistiness. And with that, I can sort of see how they cast her as Daenerys um, initially in Game of Thrones because she's got that vulnerability and, and also that strength behind it, which is really cool. Mm, good point. And so now the big revelation. We know that the singer is Philo's mum and we know that the priest is Philo's dad and that's how they're connected. So now the big question, I guess, is, Uh, why is this creature or this person controlling the creature killing off these people and is it something to do with Philo himself? Who's involved? I just think it's so intriguing and I think the pacing is so well done. The way that they're tying all these stories in together and flicking from one to the other is just fantastic. Anyway, that's a long rant from me. Um, Thanks so much once again. I am just off to watch the next couple of episodes. So we'll talk again soon. Bye. Oh, that was great. She always leaves just the best voicemails and she's so positive. It just, I love it. Always Thank- makes our day for sure. I know. Always le- makes my day to hear from Anwen and she just says the loveliest things. She's so complimentary. And I don't know if I moved to New Zealand, will I have an accent as lovely as her? Will I pick up on that? Do you think? Uh, I think it takes like six <laughs> to seven weeks, but yeah, I think you, you think get so? one. <laughs> I know there was someone, I don't know if it was on strange indeed, or if it was one time whenever I guested with um, Jason on the walking dead cast, but I was like messing around with an accent. I tried like an Australian accent and someone wrote in and was like, no, <laughs> don't, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I know they're terrible. I know my actors are terrible, but I, I love that I got called out on it. So um, thanks for that. Um, but maybe I'll grow into it if I'm surrounded by it. Thank you, Anwen, so much for your lovely voicemail. As always, we love hearing from you. We also got a voicemail from our good friend, Steve Brown, and we owe him a double yeah, so voicemail this week. Last week, we were su- I was super busy. I had to leave for work. So I was rushing to get it out, and unfortunately, I forgot to put his audio in the file. So (sighs) you will hear about two minutes of silence. So we will play Steve Brown's call from last week right now. 
No, seriously, we will play right now. <laughs> Hello, strange indeed. This is Steve, and uh, just a few notes for episode two and three. I'm not sure what uh, to think about uh, Imogen and her brother. I don't know if it's just... Yeah, I guess we'll see going forward what she's planning and, and what he's going to do. And uh, Philo has a... Uh, I, I guess if they're not they are they critch? Is that not a bad term for him? Doctor on retainer. Uh, Darius, that was interesting seeing him in the cell. And then when we get the flashback in episode three, we realize why he's in the cell is because he's this wolf man. And half-bloods pretending to be uh, full blood, full human are, is a crime. And so obviously if Philo's ever found out, he's going to go to jail. Uh, loved vignettes line, you're a poet laureate for tit's sake, uh, to, uh, Tourmaline. And uh, how did how did Philo know that she was working for the Raven when she stole the flag? Uh, he said that maybe the Raven, maybe that's the only uh, fey criminal organization. And then uh, it, th that was the only book that was out in the library that he saw. That's kind of interesting that uh, the one book that was out kind of pertains to his situation. And then he also has the book that's similar to it. And you know, did, no, did no one notice that he didn't give blood during the whole blood drive thing? And do you think there's any possibility that they'll get back together? It, it, it really seemed pretty, pretty final there at the end when she said, your future's not with me. Uh, but she still said we could have lived together, had a reason to live. So I, I'm not sure. I guess... We'll see going forward what uh, the rest of this relationship uh, is and where it goes from here. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Steve. So we do have a great call from Steve for this week's episode as well. Hello, Strange Indeed. This is Steve, and this is for episodes... Where are we at? Um, four and five. These two episodes really seem to... Is that yeah, they mesh so well together that even when I started to watch them the second time i uh I got confused, and so I just stopped and I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna send in my voicemail with my immediate reactions to how I felt uh about a few things in the episodes and let you guys explain some of the more esoteric or or unclear things that were going on. Yeah, as much as I, I really do, I love this series. I love it. It, it I waver between it developing slowly and 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 moving too quickly. I don't know. It's 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 weird to me uh, what's going on here. Um, I absolutely love the fact that the brother, Imogen's brother, seemed to have more metal than she did, and and he was the one who actually inspired or or came in and, and spoke for uh the puck neighbor um i'm confused a little bit about philo's methods he went to the witch and so she, so now we know that someone is controlling this thing that's killing they but we still don't know who it is we just know that it is being controlled by someone and I, I don't know. I've had a couple of drinks tonight, so I'm. <laughs> <unclear>. <laughs>
on this, but uh, I, I still, I really do like the show. I, I want to say I agree with Philo's deciding to go with the human woman, but I, I would not be surprised if by the end of the season he's back with Vignette. So, uh, as confusing as and unclear as all that was, I will <laughs> talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Hey, you know what? Every now and then I like to have a Moscow mule too, so it's no big deal, man. Dude, you don't even have to to tell me anything. I I'm you know, hashtag we are Steve. Um <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Thank you, Steve, so much for contributing your voicemail again. Um, even though we failed to include last week's, um, but we hopefully we made up for that. And again, we apologize. It's it's been pretty stressful for um uh Sean and I the last several weeks with work stuff that's just really made our lives um kind of crazy on the other side of things. So we appreciate everyone's patience with outages and, um, you know, these little um, weird technical things that have happened. So thank you everyone for contributing your feedback. Um, And we really do appreciate you guys. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It really started with, I know like every now and then you flip on that and you hear silence. I'm sure a lot of people are like, wait, was that my phone? Like, is my phone going wrong? What's going on? Yeah, Like checking their app, whatever app you're using or whatever for your podcast, whatever format and like, wait, what, what's happening? Um, yeah. yeah. And that was totally mean. I'm really sorry about it's that. It's okay. And, you know, I've, I've made you do your penance, Sean. You're, <laughs> you've, you've, you've paid your price and it's okay. All is right with the world. It's fine. But, but yeah. Thanks everybody. <laughs> we really appreciate your feedback. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, unfortunately, <laughs> again, uh, it's there's just so much going on. We are going to be off another week for work. Uh, it should be the last one that we know of for a little bit. Yeah. But the following week after, we'll be covering the sixth and seventh episode of Carnival Roll titled Unaccompanied Fae and the World to Come. So sorry, life kind of gets in the way again. It's it's uh, my week this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be the one that will be traveling for work, and I'm just not able uh, to to fit in any recording time. Well, definitely, probably not even watching the episodes um, and doing it twice. Notes prep, and then having the time to record um, traveling for work. I greatly apologize. I don't know what is happening. It's kind of like when it rains, it pours. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's happening for you, Sean. It's happening for me. Um, alternate. It's too bad. It wasn't the same week. It's, it's really, yeah, that's what I, yeah. If this could have happened the same week, at least, okay. One week an outage and we're done, but it happened. You're, you had your week. Now I'm having my week. Well, so and behind sorry, the curtain, like for the strange and eaters, you've been on like work before and you've, you've done these phone calls or these, I have. these shows at a hotel room. I have. And unfortunately, both these, we just like, the, we were just talking off, off air. The last trip I was on, I was working until like 8 30, 9 o'clock every night. Yeah. So there was like zero time to even watch the show, let alone record an episode, which really stinks. But, you know, yeah, we're coming I, right back at it. Yeah. I, I had thought about that. I was like, I just, I'm not going to have the capacity to even, do all of the prep work beforehand, but even just having that time for us to sit in the evening and record. Cause yes, I have, I have recorded on the road. I can pack some things up and I've done it before, but I have to have the time to do it. And this one just isn't going to happen. I, I know that there's going to be some off hour stuff happening with work. Um, it'll be work, but it'll be like extended hours. I should say, I'm sorry, guys. I love you guys. And we appreciate your patience so much. I, Look, I listen to podcasts 
And when things like this happen and I miss an episode or they've, they've been out and they're throwing out a repeat episode or something, I get frustrated. I'm, I'm like, dang it. I really was looking forward to that. I, I understand. And I appreciate your patience. We love you guys. And with that being said, we are really excited for you to travel to the Berg with us. We're just going to hang out there for another week or so um, yep. in the Berg, hanging out, um, you know. <laughs> so until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Tea Cast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger Cast on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Please do. I don't think we've um, had any recent ones in a while. It'd be great. It's been for a folks minute, yeah. To go out there and um, give us a, a great review or whatever. It helps people find us, um, you know, when they're searching for podcasts and stuff to kind of bump us up a little bit. We'd greatly appreciate that. Um, and while we're talking about great podcasts, be sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. What can we look um, forward to? Uh, so if you check out the last episode, I talk about a great adventure I went on where I was, like Steve, slightly intoxicated. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I was in bear country. So oh, alcohol and bears. Yeah. I am uh, really interested to see how that works out. <laughs> <laughs> this Sunday, though, we have a fun episode. We kind of talk about uh, my recent experience getting to talk with the lead singer of Papa Roach, a rock band Ooh. that some people might be familiar with. So uh, it was a really fun episode to talk about kind of a, a lifelong dream. So check that episode out, too, if you're curious what happened. Oh, nice. What a moment. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's like a bucket list moment, right? Oh, check for that sure, off. yeah. That's amazing. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Elizabeth Nikolaevich is strange indeed. If you spell your name for Rima, you can get a toy. <gasps> you better hurry then so you can get a you can get a toy. Can you spell your name for me? <gasps> Yay! Good job, buddy. That's awesome. Yeah, I want the purple one, that one up there. Which one? Oh, that McDonald's one. By the baseball. You can have that. You gonna tell Rima bye? Bye. Bye, buddy. Have a good night.